0: Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the New Heights Education Show on Education. Today we're going to be talking about wide disparities in child care enrollment. I'm your host, Katie and, I'm a volunteer for New Heights. But before we begin, we always have some announcements, so... Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals. Today we're going to talk about the wide disparities in child care enrollment, which is basically talking about access to child care um, in certain areas and how it's limited unfortunately, and how that can have negative effects. So, this article was taken, by, um, taken off of Education Weekly. It's by Alyssa Monroe, Monronis. Um, and it's about the the study that flags the wide disparities in child care enrollment. A new report on early childhood childhood development uses federal data to highlight the wide disparities in child care enrollment between socioeconomic groups and races, as well as disparities in the state level programs. It also outlines steps to bolster services for parents and children. The report from Baltimore-based Annie E. Cassidy Foundation comes at a time when states are straining to improve their own programs, in a fragile economy and federal early learning proposals are at a standstill. For children to succeed, we must first dispel the notion that classroom learning is isolated from other aspects of child development, reads the foundation's annual Kids Count policy report. Then we must create opportunities for children to develop the full array of competencies that they need to thrive. Analyzing the federal data. The report analyzes data from the federally conducted early childhood longitudinal study, which tracked data on 13,000 young children, beginning with their 1998 to 1999 kindergarten school year, and ending in the spring of 2007. The report concludes that by third grade, the cognitive skills of only about a third of the children were developmentally on track, and it flags significant gaps among subgroups of children. Of the children whose families had incomes below 200% of the poverty level, for example, 19% had um, age-appropriate cognitive skills at age 8, but most would have been in the third grade. The report also found that Hispanic and black black students lagged behind their peers at the same point. 14% of black and 19% of Hispanic children had age-appropriate cognitive skills. By contrast, 48% of white students were on track with cognitive development. Left home. The majority of low income children, about 63%, were not enrolled in the preschool program as of 2011, compared with 45% of the more affluent counterparts, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. The percentage of unenrolled low income three and four year olds ranged from a high of 78% in Nevada to a low of 45% in New Jersey. At the same time, 63% of low income students aged three per three to four were not enrolled in a preschool program, while 45% of children whose families were not considered low-income were not enrolled. The report outlines specific solutions to ensuring children get the necessary developmental support, especially those children whom the data revealed as the most vulnerable to setbacks. These include three primary goals, support for parents, Improved access to quality early care and education, health care and other services, and ensuring that early child care is comprehensive and coordinated. The approach stresses the importance of providing support for children and parents in multiple sectors, not just education. This is an issue that spans across a lot of different departments of government, says Laura Speer, the Associate Director for Policy Reform and Advocacy for NEE e. Foundation chronic concerns by themselves, the data and conclusions presented in their report aren't practic- particularly striking, according to Kyle Kno, the director of the National Association for the Education of Young Children's Center for Applied Research in Washington. We've been aware of these differences and disparities for a number of years, and we, kept, we keep saying these are things that would be good ideas or approaches to reducing those disparities, but we are not seeing the needle move very much. Implementing such changes and doing well, doing it well can be expensive, he also noted. Over the past few years, public funding has been stagnant, and in some ways, relative to inflation, it's been reduced. Despite an uncertain federal budget and continued economic anxieties, or perhaps because of them, the importance of early child care and early education continues to crop up in the national dialogue. For many years, we've not had a system of early child care and education in this country so those of the... Burke Bryant, the Executive Director of Rhode Island Kids Count, a state branch of the Casey Foundation project to track child well-being. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School, the world's fastest-growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, fully accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each, or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. This report tells us that having a real alignment of the work we're doing with young children across these different domains is critical to the outcomes we need. President Barack Obama has stressed the importance of early childhood education, reflecting, reflected in his federal early learning initiative proposed earlier this year. His 10-year, $75 billion universal pre-K plan would require new spending and rely on doubling the federal tobacco tax. Whether the president's initiatives will ever be fully realized, though, is another question entirely. The way I, the way the legislator handles the budget, I don't expect we're expecting to see anything come about soon, said Mr. Snow, in an effort to keep... To continue to promote early learning in spite of professional gridlock, the administration is funneling hundreds of millions of dollars in discretionary aid to states through race to the top early learning challenge awards and the Affordable Care Act money to help states carry out their plans for pre-K and early child care. At the state level, support for early child care is varied, with a high of seventy eight percent of low income children not attending preschool in Nevada to a low of forty five percent in New Jersey, as shown below as shown above. Every state has different different infrastructures to build on, says Mrs. Speer. A recent report from the National Institute for Early Education Research, which tracks state policies for providing public money for pre-K programs says states continue to be vocal supporters of public early learning programs that aren't necessarily providing funding to follow. So, we see fluctuations in funding, mostly driven by economic factors. We're going to go into a little bit of the actual study um, by Cornell University about these disparities and just a little background into this um, of what was discussed above. Expanding access to high-quality early childhood education opportunities is increasingly seen as a promising strategy towards improving children's learning outcomes and ameliorating achievement gaps. Towards this goal, public investment in early childhood opportunities is rising rapidly. Between 1990 and 2008, the number of three- to five-year-olds enrolled in public early childhood education and care programs, excluding kindergarten, doubled – more than doubled from 1.2 to 2.7 million children. However, while nationwide growth has been striking, it is unclear how evenly new early childhood opportunities have been distributed. Data from 2006 shows wide disparities across both socioeconomic and racial groups in their use of formal care arrangements. While 72% of four year olds in the highest um, earning percentage of families participated in some type of center based care, the figure among the lo- lowest earning percentage of families in the United States is about 47% that attended constructive care. Similarly, while while over 60% of both black and white four-year-olds are enrolled in centers, the rate is only 49% among Hispanic children. Care availability and quality differs by the racial and ethnic composition of a community, but this relationship is far more pronounced when considering predominantly Hispanic communities than predominantly black ones. The ratio of children to childcare workers in Hispanic communities is higher relative to other communities. and There appears to be a particularly low numbers of, number of workers who hold a BA or classify themselves as teachers rather than caregivers. One explanation for this pattern may be the, the different rates of public targeting. It may be that targeted interventions for poor young children have traditionally been m- implemented in predominantly black communities. However, a study from 1996 argued that the historical growth of the Head Start program in black communities as one possible explanation for lower participation rates in Hispanic communities. However, the authors also suggest that differences in cultural preferences and norms may be an important part of the explanation. Moreover, unique barriers to access may play an important role, and higher rates of limited English proficiency in Hispanic communities may make families more a resident to seek out non-relative care arrangements. And these are some of the factors that contribute to why there are some disparities in child care enrollment. It looks like we're running a little bit out of time for today, um, but thank you for listening. We'll probably continue this for talking about the disparities in child care enrollment and how child care enrollment early on is very important for childhood development. And so we're going to continue talking about that the week after the 22nd. Thank you for listening, and have a great weekend, everyone. And thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings.